Welcome to the Inspired by Adventure Podcast, Season 3, Unique Entrepreneurs. Here is your host, serial entrepreneur, Wayne Brown. Welcome to Inspired by Venture, Season 3. I'm Wayne Brown, serial entrepreneur and this season's host. We will be exploring the lives of fellow entrepreneurs, how they got started, what motivates them, and share their business experiences. Entrepreneurs are a different breed. We're risk takers. Gut feeling drives a lot of our decisions, and we thrive on change. We have learned what it takes to surmount difficulties and create success against all odds. The fact that we and our companies are still standing is evidence enough that we have a wealth of knowledge to share with all of you. Good evening, everybody. And today we have as our guest entrepreneur, Paul Rayleigh. He's a founder of Audality. So good afternoon, Paul. Thanks for joining us and taking the time to uh, be with us. Good afternoon, Wayne. Good to be here. So you're uh, outside of uh, just outside of Atlanta, and uh, we'd always like to start with a little background. Where are you from and uh, companies you've uh, you've been with and worked for and, and, and had and kind of how you got to where you are today. So if you can give us a little background, that would be wonderful. Great. So I was born and raised uh, quite a bit north of here, right at the edge of uh, Kentucky and Indiana, where I uh, went to school, went to college. And that's important because uh, as I was getting my math degrees and physics degrees, I uh, had the good fortune to learn quite a bit about audio equipment from the people teaching me electronics in those days, okay? Got out of school, came to Atlanta in 1980, where I went into the aerospace engineering world, worked at electronics, uh, uh, one of the most um, impactful jobs I had, even though short tenor, okay? Uh, I worked on the F-16 aircraft, uh, the EP-3 aircraft, the British Nimrod, uh, just a, just a, uh, could not have gotten the kind of exposure to technology and high tech that, and that a young engineer could, could have hoped for wow. worked on that. Yeah. Embedded, uh, electronic countermeasure systems, uh, um, electronics intelligence systems for hunt, submarine hunting radar warning receivers, all kinds of things like that. And uh, I stayed in the military electronics side of things through my time at Cross Systems. And uh, mid-course in my career, I moved over. At that point, I decided that I should have a little bit uh, more of an exposure to business development side. And, and ironically, I was an engineer who could speak to the customer. So I got exposed early on to new business development, even though I stayed in the technology, which played well for me as my career went on. I, I ended up, uh, I did a stint at Scientific Atlanta where I worked in the satellite satcom industry. I finished up eight years with Scientific Atlanta as the director of strategic business development for a whole division of that company. Uh, went out with an international satellite startup after that. And in about 2003, I decided to hang out my own shingle, start my own engineering product development firm. Yeah. So, uh, and with that, it kind of leads me how I got started, how in the world did I get to audio equipment? Well, that's, that certainly sounds like a great um, uh, background and a basis for um, what you've created today. So, so tell us about uh, Audality and um, exactly what it, what it is and what, what it does. 
So uh, we actually had, uh, we were developing a lot of wireless equipment across the board. We were doing uh, terrestrial wireless communications for, I, I say we, my little engineering company, we were doing terrestrial communications uh, for wireless devices in oil refineries, okay? We were also doing uh, cutting edge wireless communication design for new generation low earth orbit satellite systems being built internationally. So we kind of really got a, early on, we developed an expertise in wireless comms and we had a guitar manufacturer approach us and say, can you not bring the wireless connectivity for live musicians into the century place, okay? And uh, so we did a lot of market research before we did anything. Cause one of the things that we spent a lot of time on when I had my engineering practice with all the entrepreneurs that came to us was explaining to them that, you know, we can do many, many things. You need to decide, should we be doing that? Okay, and we really tried to put the marketing a little bit of marketing uh, effort for these people and, and start getting these entrepreneurs and these glassy-eyed uh, engineers a little bit tied to there's a reality. You can invent something, but can you sell it? Okay. So we did the, we, we applied the same uh, regimen to this concept from ourselves. It took about a year and we decided there's a real place for us to be here. Okay. And we are, Audality is an is really a technology company, okay? You can go on our website, you will see a lot of the different places that technology is applied, but we're actually, our big play is we're actually making this technology available as uh, OEM to other manufacturers to embed in their systems. And we're building systems to demonstrate to them and to, of course, to get some of it out there ourselves. So Audality name came from uh, a marketing effort with my team here inside and that took that took some weeks to do, and it's a confluence of audio quality put together because that was really, you know, one of the number one things that we were trying to put forward. The technology that we developed steps forward and beyond in a couple ways, and the and the number one thing is in the quality it delivers. So we, uh, as compared to Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, which sacrifices audio quality and compresses the audio, and you get some of it. We, uh, we deliver 24-bit uncompressed audio wirelessly, and that was kind of a game changer there. And then we also provide connectivity that you can't get with these other devices where one of our, any of our transmitters will talk to four speakers at the same time, okay, and beyond with some of the other things we're doing. So that was a big deal difference. And the last part of it is the range of connectivity. Um, we actually early on uh, supported an Alzheimer's benefit here in the Atlanta area by going outside and connecting a speaker's uh, booth, if you will, in the center of uh, the 15th fairway of the golf course at Chateau Alon with another speaker, another PA system up at the first tee and another one down at the road. And it was 1,200 feet be between each of those. So. So advanced, so we got quality, we have uh, feature set for connectivity and then range. And uh, yeah, and so after we did our, we did our marketing research, we worked on the proof of concepts enough, does this make a business case? 
Yeah, and then we can talk as we go along here about the incredible business plan that we put together to, to make sure this was worth doing. That's, that sounds um, amazing to uh, be in a position to create uh, new uh, technologies, uh, especially today when um, things are changing so fast. Sometimes you um, have uh, created something and then uh, by the time you get it to market, it's, uh, it's, it's old, old school, old news and, and a little bit too late, which is, um, you know, back at uh, some of the early um, Apple days uh, was happening uh, with some of their teams. But, you know, as business um, uh, oriented mindsets, you know, we, we, we think of, you know, 12 ideas every day that, that we want to execute. How do you boil it down to uh, and prioritize the ones that, that you feel are going to be uh, the best return for you? Well, I have a pretty good marketing team, okay? And we lean on them pretty hard. We, we come forward and we do a weekly meeting where we talk, uh, an executive meeting where we go over everything that's going on. And then we present to the marketing team, look, here's advances we have this week. Here's things that may be done. We, but we don't move forward with anything until we quantify the market presence, the market acceptability, <laughs> and that the market size deems that it moves up the stack in, in its um, priority, okay? So nothing moves forward. You just have to have that. Uh, and it's something that we talk to a lot of the interns that come in here. We do college interns in and, and they learn the process. And we say, this is a key process that has to always be done, even if you're having fun inventing things. You know, we have, we, we prioritize, we analyze, and we only put the things out there that uh, make it to, to fit our numbers. And that's something that really a lot of the financial people that have reviewed us said that we, we also stand out that way. But my team has got quite a background in finance, okay? Uh, I, I put a gentleman in, uh, Mark Kokorian, as president. Put him in place and i says you're going to worry about this operation and we're going to track this thing and we're going to make sure it you know wonderful that we're doing all this inventing and we continuously do but you're going to guarantee that things come into the pipe in line with the marketing plan and that's his that's one of his main responsibilities and you just have to set it as a priority wayne there's just no other way to really do it great great absolutely absolutely i agree um you know with um Every company, you know, you're and, and the constantly changing technolo technology that we talked about, you know, you created your own technology. So how do you keep improving on that to stay ahead of all your competitors? Well, we do. R&D is constant here. R&D is not something that you do uh, this quarter and then we'll worry about next year on the first quarter. What next R&D? R&D happens all the time. It's, a, it's an ongoing thing. This is something I learned with my time with Scientific Atlanta was very prevalent, okay? Watching how that process, you know, a multi-billion dollar company, a Fortune 500 company, which I was in the executive team with that on watching how that was done, very important. And in my dealings in, with my experience load over the years, I did a lot of international business, Wayne. I worked, uh, I've worked with everyone from National Semiconductor to GE Aerospace to uh, Alcatel, uh, French Space Agency, we did some things with. I watched, and any company that was successful in the strata had a continuous and ongoing R&D effort. And uh, the Motorola people that I dealt with were very keen and gave me some good insight there. And, uh, you know, I just took that on board. And 
And so, you know, you'll see come things coming up on our website and it's wonderful and everything, but there's a lot more. There's a continuous pipe. You keep, you have to do that. Must, you must do it. Okay. it it's, it's great to, uh, to speak to fellow um, entrepreneurs that understand that, um, you know, you have to continue to change and embrace new technologies and new ways, new ways of doing business to, to just to stay relevant, um, uh, uh, much less uh, be uh, successful. Um, you know, we discuss here a lot um, about um, companies that have misstepped, uh, like, for instance, uh, Kodak, who decided digital cameras were a fad, you know, or, or Sears and Roebuck. And, I, you know, actually, I'm thinking about it, uh, saying saying the whole name Sears and Roebuck is probably dating me because uh, most most uh, younger people probably have never heard that name. They only my, heard Sears. My father was was in management with Sears. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so it's it's so important to uh, to embrace um, that change mm -hmm. um, and and um, uh, every day and and especially um, trying to employ uh, you know new technologies uh, to support it. Well, um, Wayne, you there is no there is no standing still in business you're going to you're either moving ahead or you're falling behind exactly exactly hard to accept that sometimes so you know as as entrepreneurs you know we we uh we try so many things because we we are we always want to make sure we're uh, uh creating the best products and services for our customers that we can and you know occasionally we misstep and and um have a have mm -hmm. a blunder but we don't you know it doesn't bother us you know we like those because then we can we can build on that for future future success are there any missteps when you were creating your technology that, that you'd like to share with us? Oh, I mean, you know, anyone that tells you that you've, that you, I, I will give you, I will give you an example. Uh, when the gentleman invented the light bulb, I love his saying, but they asked him, how did you do this? And he said, well, first I found 2000 ways not to make a light bulb. <laughs> 2001 happened to be the way to make the light bulb. Okay. You have to, you have to accept, as a matter of fact, I tell a lot of the uh, young engineers and uh, college students that intern with us, I say, if you, don't, if you don't try something and have it fail, then you're not getting everything out of what we need you to get. I mean, that's just the way it is, okay? Because you don't know where the edge of that limit is, do you? So we've had plenty of times in here where we brought up the first board and it's been smoke, okay? And, you know, and I, and I make sure that, that the young people, especially that we're trying to bring along, I said, okay, what do, let's do, let's do a postmortem now. What happened here? Why did this not work? Why was this the wrong thing to do? And, and what I try to, what I try to teach them and it works very well. I say, look, we're going to find one or two small things and it exploded. Ooh, I'm sorry. I hit the, hit the brick. It, it exploded everything, but you're going to find out you only stepped out of place in one or two places. So make that adjustment. And now what have you done? You've advanced a quantum leap forward. You had to break it to find it. That's the only way to find the edge of, of the envelope. Really. Yeah, I, um, it, it's probably every month. One of my staff comes to me with um, uh, an idea and I'm thinking we've tried it before, before you got here, or we tried it a different <laughs> way. And I'm not sure it's, uh, it's ever going to work, but you know, maybe you can make it work. And if, if, it, if not, then at least you've learned that it doesn't work and we don't have to go through it again. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to uh, even let my staff make mistakes that, that, that um, I, I assume um, uh, that uh, will have the same results as before, but you never know. Sometimes they've, they've, they've um, uh, twisted it enough to, uh, to make it success, successful. So happy well, that's to, true. No, that's that's right. true. happy to let them try. Yep. 
So, so Paul, with your new technology, you obviously had to create uh, or have created new new parts and new equipment, um, and go to go to suppliers and vendors and convince them that you know this was worth them possibly retooling mm-hmm. uh, enough to, uh, to to supply you. Um, how did how did you make that work? Well, part of I would say part of it that's uh, uh, made it easier is I've got forty one years of uh, developing electronics here in Georgia. And uh, because of Scientific Atlanta, and I was on the board of directors of several companies, and we were doing new product development, I've got a very extensive uh, connected database, if you will, you know, uh, I'm well connected with uh, the kind of suppliers and things I need. They know me from other companies, they knew us from what we were doing. So I made sure that by the time I approached all these assets to put this new thing in front of them that I was able to show them something. You know, when I was at Scientific Atlanta, particularly, we would see people coming in and pitching us with great things they have, and we would look to buy their company or buy their technology. And uh, the thing that always impressed me was somebody showed up with a piece of working hardware, got a lot more look than somebody that came in selling me PowerPoint slides. Sure. So by the time we go to a lot of the vendors to say, okay, it's time for us to get into production, we actually have them come in a lot of times. They come and they get to hear a lot of the, even in the early days, even it was hand-built prototypes. There's a, and then, and you can't, you can't beat that impression, okay? It's obvious we're not just playing around. These guys have made something, wow. And it immediately makes it real. And I think that's a, and then the other part of it I can't, I can't underestimate is that I've conducted my business always, my business life with high integrity, okay? It's a message that I give our young people all the time and even the entrepreneurs that used to come to me. You do not know at what point in the future you're going to run across the next person again. It's happened to me too many times. So you need to, you need to conduct yourself with integrity at all times. So that has served me very well. So I get a look, people say, okay, this guy's a serious person. He's always done good business with us. And so, and that, and I'll tell you, that's pivotal. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I have a lot of great business relationships that, that are based solely on uh, integrity that, uh, that they bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as, as uh, you're developing uh, this new technology and others of us develop new businesses, you know, we always have a little bit of self-doubt. Am I, am I, you know, doing the right thing? Should I even be doing this at all? Uh, am I going down the right road today? Am I going down the right road tomorrow? Um, how have you kept inspired through any um, self-doubt that you've had on this journey of yours? Oh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, there, is a, there is a movie that I so enjoy. And my wife and I, whenever we flipping through the channels and that stuff, we almost every time stop and watch it and of all things it was hunt for red october and one line in that at the point sean connery is telling his all of his uh, crew uh, that are in on the gig that they're that he's he's let the motherland know they're defecting and they're going oh my god what have you done and he said look when you decide to whenever uh whenever the the first adventurers came over here cortez cortez is who he's fighting he came over here, he landed in the, on the shores and he told the, the ship's mates, burn the boats, burn the boats. Okay. 
because that means you're going to find a way to make this work. We're not, we're not getting back on the boat and going home. True. And one of the things, once we had done our market research, and once we had done enough engineering research and development on our, and, and had a good place, we said, now we're going to commit ourselves. We're going to be committed, gentlemen, you know, and that's just the way, and it doesn't mean it's easy to do. And of course, with this pandemic, has made it a challenge and that kind of thing, but you must be committed. And I tell all the, all the entrepreneurs uh, that talk to me to say, the number one thing is you have to be ready for the storm. There will be storms, count on it. And, and if you're not ready to, to fight those battles, don't, don't start, okay? Yeah, I, um, uh, early on um, when I was uh, out of the uh, Air Force and starting my own businesses, I would read a lot of short um, stories from, from successful business people, like from Fast Company Magazine and, and uh -huh. some of those that, that you know, would, would very inspirational, you know, took 15 minutes to read it and keep me, keep me motivated, keep me going and, and uh, um, you know, and, and knowing that I could, I, you know, I was going to be successful if I just kept at it. Um, even back in 2008, during the financial crisis, you know, I'd come into the office every day at five o'clock in the morning because I knew there was something else um, that I could do to keep being successful. I just hadn't thought of it yet. And so I knew the more, more time I put in thinking about it, you know, the more ideas I was going to have to be successful. And, and obviously, um, all my businesses came through that um, extremely well. I, I couldn't believe how well it was. And at the same time, you know, I knew at the end of that day, uh, when that crisis was over, that there was going to be a hundred things that I learned that I could apply, you know, going forward, uh, even in the good times. So it definitely, um, uh, it's always nice to stay, uh, to stay motivated and have those uh, inspirational. Well, um, and I must add too, I must give kudos to, I put, a, I put together a board of directors early on uh, with quite a diverse group of, of uh, people. I have uh, one board member who joined me immediately upon me uh, launching this whole effort, uh, had built up and sold the manufacturing center here in Atlanta that he, that was his. And as soon as he uh, closed on the sale to the private equity company, he came to me and said, I want in on what you're doing. And I've known, I've known, uh, known him for many years, Neil, uh, another man of high integrity, well thought of in the industry. So brought him on and with his vision and also somebody that I've seen who's executed just exactly the way you want to execute, okay? I brought an international businessman. I've got a board member that's uh, in Queensland, Australia, who's a young man who's been quite successful in the mining and real estate world, another whole nother place, but he has exactly the same attitude, right? There's no standing around and crying about problems. It's move, keep moving. And, and you know, that helps a lot. So I have to give them kudos, okay? Good. It's it's great to surround yourself with with people that understand uh, and and challenge you to uh, to be better. Mm -hmm. um, with that said, are there any business advice books or magazines or or websites that that um, you have found that might be helpful to you or maybe helpful to um, uh, somebody starting out in the business world? Well, as you might imagine, uh, my days are pretty filled with. Uh, <laughs> With running, uh, uh, as I built up this company, and I already mentioned to you that I brought uh, Mr. Krikorian on and put him in, in place. He's now the president of the company. I'm the chief executive officer. 
and I put him in place to run the operations and such. And then I took over and said, my responsibility will be, besides the CEO stuff, I'm gonna run all the technical development. So I have my head down most of the time. Most of my deal is watching where is technology going? What's happening? Where is the cutting, of the, the cutting edge? We're at places now in microelectronics that 10 years ago, when I was 20 years ago, we were building something for DARPA and we thought we'd hit the theoretical limit then. We're a mile, we're orders of magnitude past that now. So I spend most of my time there. Plus, I, you know, I'm a little jaded. A lot of times, uh, and I've held every, I've held every C-level spot except for CFO. I'm not, I'm not much, uh, even though I'm a mathematician, we used to have a joke in, in college that, that the business guys pervert the numbers. So you're not real mathematicians. That <laughs> was a joke. But um, so I have my, I have, I have Mark and his team focused more on that. And they actually, they actually watch a plethora of things in the business world on the websites. They also, of course, they, they look at the Wall Street Journal, things like that, to watch what's going on internationally, where are trends. But I also am very connected with people at the senior level at a lot of the companies that are in the markets using our stuff. And I communicate regularly with them. What are you seeing today? Because one of the problems I've had with a lot of the self-help books, not that they're wrong or that it's bad data, but by the time that thing is published, you know, a, a book published that tells you about the latest at a uh, Ivy League school about how to do something, you're out of that business cycle and into the next thing that's happening. That's been more of my, so Mark is, Mark keeps kind of abreast of that and we, we throw ideas back and forth from what he sees. But, uh, but I, I really spend more time with other CEOs and directors at other companies. What are you seeing in your business segment? You know, what's happening in your side of the world? Uh, yeah, that's really more of a way I stay close to what's happening. You know, I, um, I got a funny story about technology um, that you'll appreciate. So back in 1988, when I was um, getting started building uh, my Taco Bell franchise business, I uh, went to uh, a computer store. Uh, I think it was CompUSA, as a matter of fact, to buy I my mother that. a computer so she could she could start doing email and printing and, you know, other things. And uh, so the biggest hard drive they had was 10 megabytes because I was looking for the biggest I could buy at the time. And, the, and the, the, the salesman there at the store said, oh, that's all you'll ever need. And even, even my, myself, that's not, you know, was not in, uh, uh, you know, heavy into uh, the tech, uh, technology business, but knew enough just to laugh at him because that was just such a crazy statement that uh, today, you know, you, you, you can't even hardly get a, a file that's, you know, less than 10 megabytes. I know, I, and, and uh, I tell every once in a while, I'll tell uh, some of the young engineers that will come through here, uh, gentlemen, I was putting, um, I was putting micro, microprocessors on fighter jets before the PC was invented. They can't process that. <laughs> right. Well, it, you know, you, you, you know you, uh, there's stories come out every day, especially with now with uh, SpaceX, how, um, you know, the, the iPhone today has more technology than the Apollo um, that went. Oh, it's absolutely the case. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, it moves at a frightening pace. And that's why, that's why we continuous, uh, you know, R&D is a big, big part of what we do here. And if, and if you're going to be a technology company, you must always be pushing that. And that's really why 
I put Mark in charge of the operation so that we gave it the proper care and feeding as we're building this company. Okay. Well, you certainly um, have, have uh, created a, a great uh, company with, with creating your own technology, which is just amazing uh, to everybody that's going to be listening uh, to this uh, later on. Right, is there any final insights or advice you'd give to uh, people that are trying to start a new technology business or even develop a new technology? You know, I would just say a couple of things, you know, I think we've kind of alluded to some of it, you know, uh, you know, do your homework. Uh, if you are wildly successful in your idea, what's the magnitude of impact it's going to have? Okay. In other words, to, and then you got to look at the reason you have to know that, you know, we're at a situation now where uh, we developed uh, this technology and we focused on mobile applications right out of the chute because we knew the mobile connectivity, you know, and this was years ago, we knew the mobile net connectivity would dominate everything, okay? And so if we, didn't develop, if we didn't develop a technology that could serve the mobility aspect of it, it wasn't big enough impact. So assess if you're wildly successful at your idea, is that a large enough impact for you to put your time and treasure in it, okay? Then if it is, you know, quantify it. If it is, you know, okay, that's good. And the other thing is, do you have or can you put the talent you need together in a very timely manner? Because really when it comes down to it, the time to market costs you more than the money. I mean, I know everybody says, you know, the time is money. Guess what? The time is more expensive, okay? Today's world, time is everything, right? And, and yeah. I think it's interesting too that a lot of companies that develop um, technology, especially uh, software, uh, if they feel like their customers might be a little bit skewed to the older, you know, 55, 60 plus, I, I think they, they're underestimating the, the knowledge uh, of those customers that they can um, put into um, uh, their mobile devices. I, I have, I mean, all my friends are huge into, and, and none of them are, are, are technology geeks. They're, you know, every walk of life, but all of them are frustrated when, you know, an app doesn't quite work right, or they buy something and it's hard to connect. I mean, everybody's doing that now. So to, to think that your customer base might be a little skewed, um, I think is short-sighted on some of these companies that um, we've dealt with uh, recently. Absolutely. And, and, and that's, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's, it's very difficult for me to give you every bit of the information I'd like you to have in a short time. But number one thing we did, and it's and it was actually, you know, I'll, I'll just uh, show you a little. There's our there's our first product, which was a wireless guitar system. Well, all of the musicians, and we've got I don't know, 160 bands and, and artists on our ambassador program already. We've already sold I don't know how many thousand of the guitar things already. The number one thing they all tell me is the simplicity of this, you know, they, and usually if they have any trouble at all, it's they're trying to make it too difficult. <laughs> you know, it just turns on and goes. And that's, and so we focus on that as well. Nice. Complex, complexity is fine, but you know, it, this is, this is from my background of uh, uh, embedded development for years ago. We used to develop a system. Then we had to go get another engineer set them down. I'm not telling you anything about it, except you've got to turn it on and make this go. And if they had any trouble, 
you had to redo it because obviously you made it too difficult. You made it too complex, okay? Complexity is good, but you want the user to be able to access that, that technology before they get too frustrated with it. Exactly. I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's certainly um, what every company that's developing technology today needs to, to uh, put as the number one uh, 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 functionality uh, on their list. Yeah, I mean, I, it's the same. I'll run an app. It never fails. Every week I'll, get an, I'll do a new app, whether it's with a consumer device or whatever, and I'll run it through. And I said, and I'll tell my wife who gets tired of hearing it, I'm sure. I promise you, whoever put this app out, did not sit down themselves and run every thread. Because if they ran every thread, they'd realize you go into a, you run into a wall right there, okay? <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, well, we're gonna wrap it up here, Paul. So uh, everybody, you've been listening to uh, Paul's amazing success story with his company, Audality, uh, and his new technology that, uh, that he created to, uh, to fill the niche that, uh, that was asked of him. So Paul, we, we really appreciate you uh, spending the time with us and, and sharing your story. Thank you very much, Wayne. Good to speak with you. Thanks for tuning into the Inspired by Adventure podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe through iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time.